0: You're sitting around a table with a few friends enjoying a delightful brunch when one of the ladies makes a remark that feels like shade, but you can't be too sure. Suddenly, it's like time freezes and your throat catches and your brain whips through a series of possible responses that you can make. You kind of want to demand to know what she meant by the comment. You also kind of want to excuse yourself to the restroom to have a good cry about it. You're also tempted to craft a quick clap back, making a passive-aggressive remark to hurt her just as much, and you also want to ask for your check and drive home, feeling dejected. In this suspended moment, you're trying your best to interpret what just happened and manage your feelings because things can go left real quick. This is regulating your emotions, and it's a skill that can genuinely make or break your friendships. Today, I'm walking you through key findings from one of my favorite research studies on this issue. And for those of you who like to geek out just as much as I do, I'm linking the study in the show notes so you can put your eyes on it with me and read through it in real time. Because the one thing that's likely determining the trajectory of your friendships is how well you manage feelings of distress. You often probably hear it referred to as cognitive and emotional regulation. Research shows that people who don't have this skill, because it is a skill, they have less relational satisfaction. They tend to group with people who also don't know how to manage their emotions, and they're more inclined to receive other people's feedback as hostile. Generally speaking, those people have crappy friendships. And I don't want that for you. You deserve better. So, today, in a more technical episode of the Friend Forward podcast, we are talking about how to regulate your emotions. Let's get into it. Today's episode will be a bit more technical than other episodes in the past because it's just that important. So you know my job as a relational health educator, in simpler terms, a friendship coach, is to walk you through tangible research-based ways that you can have better platonic relationships. And I often refer to my favorite studies when explaining certain concepts and then I keep it moving. But today I want to walk you through some key findings of a popular research study that I have linked for you in the show notes. Because all relationships that you engage in, especially the close relationships, they're going to take some kind of emotional toll. But how do you respond in those moments of emotional distress? That's what makes all the difference. So let's figure out exactly what emotional regulation is and how you can improve your skills in this area. and. Let's also take a look at the consequences of getting it wrong. All right, so let's start with a big working definition of what this is. Okay, there are two components of emotional regulation. There is the cognitive, which involves what you think or how you interpret something that just factually transpired in front of you. In addition to the cognitive component, there's the behavioral component, meaning how you actually respond to the interpretation. That you have made of events. When a friend lets you down, takes you off, hurts your feelings, how do you frame that situation? And then how do you respond after you make that interpretation? So let's start with this. I'm going to ask you, how do you typically respond when a friend makes you mad or she lets you down? Maybe it's sadness that you immediately register, not anger. I actually want to play a clip for you from a TikTok live that I did. I posed this question to the 200 people who were on live with me, which, by the way, I go live on TikTok for a 30-minute workshop every single Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you ever want to engage in this conversation back and forth and ask your questions and all that good stuff, you should be on TikTok live with me every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Anyway, okay, so we already did this workshop on uh, live, and I asked the more than 200 people who were there how they tend to respond when a friend disappoints them. What's the immediate response? Here's a clip from that, and then we'll jump back in. I'm asking everybody to put in the comments, how do you typically respond? Your first immediate reaction when a friend either makes you mad or Or just generally lets you down. Maybe it's sadness that you're registering, not anger. I'm going to look in the comments. All right, let me see. I'm seeing some common themes. Somebody said, I remove myself. I isolate. Okay, thank you for the honesty. Kiki says, I shut down. Okay, thank you for being honest. I withdraw. I'm seeing a lot of themes. Are you guys seeing this? Isolate, withdraw. I see what you're saying. I usually shut down and get quiet. Okay, I've seen one person now say confront. Ooh, let's come back to that. Distance myself. I ask myself why I'm having these. Re- oh, I love the introspection. I go off. Okay, iconic. Okay, I see the energy. <laughs> Somebody says, honestly, it just makes me sad. I get passive aggressive. Ooh, thank you for the honesty. I respond with an attitude. Withdrawal. I see you. Distance. Yeah, I get a little passive aggressive. First of all, can I just like applaud the honesty? I'm seeing like if I had to do a quick pie chart of the comments I'm seeing in real time, it looks like about 80% of our responses if I could do a real-time pie chart is withdrawal, remove, absence, right? Then I would say like maybe I'm seeing like what? 10% saying I confront, I give an attitude and maybe, let me do my math, 10% for I get passive aggressive, which means I'm not telling the person directly that they impacted me, but I'm hoping from my subtext and my actions They'll figure out that they upset me, which is indirect, right? This is great. Let me get a few more comments and then we're going to go to what to do about that, okay? I create space to think. Ooh, okay. It depends. If it's with close friends, I'll bring it up. Okay, great. Somebody said I cry. Okay, I don't know if you're being funny or honest, but in some situations, I have been the same way, right? So did you hear some of those common behaviors that people offered in the comments during that live? Maybe it reflects some of the behaviors you find yourself having in a moment where you're kind of ticked off with a friend, right? How you interpret the situation determines how you respond. And then your responses begin to, together, determine the trajectory of your friendships. Do they tend to work out? Do they tend to be healthy? Do you guys talk through conflict? A lot of that is determined by how you respond in moments of distress. Now, of course, you know, the way you experience events in your friendships, especially ambiguous events, because there's so much ambiguity in platonic relationships, it's likely shaped by the things that you've been through in your life. If you've been rejected a lot in the past, you might be more inclined to read rejection when you find out you know, two friends spend time together last week without you, instead of considering the very likely possibility that they just may have happened to spontaneously linked up after discovering they were on the same side of town running errands, right? You know, if you've had friends mistreat you in the past, you might you know, read that ambiguous remark as evidence of her trying to bring you down, right? If that's what you've been through. And so I'm going to stay in my lane as a coach. I know therapists can talk to you more specifically about the ways in which your childhood experiences project into your present relationships. But let's look at what we can actually do about it. Let's look at some examples, okay? Example number one, you text a friend and she doesn't get back to you. Remember, you know, a part of this regulation is how you interpret it cognitively in your mind and then the behavior that you take. So if you have a friend who just doesn't respond to you, it's been like a day or two, how do you frame that situation? Do you find yourself thinking, she's so selfish or I guess she's not as invested in this as I am, right? Sometimes you might be right, but how quickly and how often do you go to that place, right? Second example, let's say, you know, a friend doesn't attend an event that was really important to you. She didn't show up. Do you automatically go to like, she's so fake? or she doesn't care about me, or she's trying to stand me up, right? You know what? I'm not gonna go to her event next week. That's not fair, okay? Let's regulate. Cognitive and then behavioral. So first, ask yourself, do I have access to all the information? Is there stuff that I don't know? You know, this leads to an emotion of curiosity, and then the action becomes, okay, let me ask her what was going on, why she didn't show up for my event, if she's okay right? Ask yourself, maybe she didn't realize how important it was to me, right? Maybe my feelings right now are disappointment. And so the action I take here is, you know, hey, I missed you at my event. It's not the same without you there. I was disappointed you weren't there, girl. You know? So that emotion and how you frame the situation is going to dictate how you respond. You might end up asking yourself, wow, she can't be there for me when I'm there for her, okay? The feeling I'm experiencing is outrage, and so the action I determined that I'm going to take is to not go to her event or to respond to her text with one word answers and hope that she can make from my subtext that I'm angry. Here is one of the biggest things you can do to begin to make those friendships just one degree healthier, just one degree. Create distance between the moment that stirred you up and the response that you're going to make. The moment that you feel, I don't really like using the word triggered, it's overused, right? But like the moment you feel pinched or stirred, take a pause before you respond. I'm not even kidding. That sounds so ridiculously simple. It might save you a lot of heartache and a lot of regretful choices, okay? Now, there are four things you can do in that space when you're taking a beat before you respond. Option number one, you can let your feelings dissipate. Maybe after the anger settles, you realize at the core of your feelings, you're actually disappointed. You can realize that even though your first reaction is to feel dejected and sad, you can say, you know what? Maybe she didn't mean it that way and kind of have more of like a logical response or get curious. It gives your feelings time to either dilute a little bit or to change entirely, but it needs time to develop. In real-time moments of feeling, you know, stressed by something that a friend says, you can take a physical reset. You can excuse yourself to get something to drink. You can say, okay, I want to use the restroom really quickly, right? You can tap out to physically separate yourself, to give yourself distance and time between what she said and how you want to respond. You can even use the phrase, "Um, okay, so I think I need a minute to figure out how I feel about that. Even that, Is you advocating for needing time to figure out how you feel before you either pop off or before you either spiral into feeling sad? So let your feelings dissipate when you take that moment of space. The next thing you can do when you take a moment of space between the trigger and the response is to seek wise counsel. Go to people you trust who are level-headed to either get some mediation and allow them to help you guys come back together or to give you some perspective right? Somebody who you know is thoughtful and mature in that way and lean to their counsel. Another thing you can do when you're taking space between being ticked off or being stirred up and then having some kind of behavior is to pray. I know my non-faith-seeking friends might be like, okay, Danielle, what's up here? And my many Christian friends are like, yes, okay. No, but for real, listen to me. When I take things to God, In a moment where I am upset, like I'm heated, or when I feel myself kind of losing it with something a friend did or did not do, I am not saying I respond correctly or in an emotional, mature way all of the time, but it's really hard to emerge from prayer with a hardened heart or a petty spirit. I'm just saying. Okay. And the fourth thing that you can do in that space that you create is to ask your friends questions. Getting extra data will help you make a more informed decision about what you want to do next. Can I just point out, have you noticed that like, ironically, it's with our closest friends who we make the most assumptions? Like we feel like, oh, I know her, so I know what she meant by that. Like we assign motivation and intention to it. It's with our closest friends that we don't extend the benefit of the doubt. It requires a certain level of humility to acknowledge, I don't have all the information. And one way to invite healthy discussion into your life is to start with something like, okay, so help me understand how... Okay, those are the things you can do between the moment you interpret an event, something goes down, and the moment you decide to respond. Those are four tangible things that you can do. Okay? According to the research, people who cannot manage their feelings, who can't regulate their emotions... They tend to be more punitive in their friendships, which means they punish other people. So this doesn't mean like popping off and cursing somebody out, right? It can also look like, you know, I'm not going to respond to her texts. Or when I do respond, I'm going to give one word answers. Or I'm kind of going to give the silent treatment. Or some of us might go to, you know, some tactics that qualify as relational aggression. We talked about that before on the show. Gossip and exclusion, things like that. Okay, People who don't have the skill of emotional regulation, according to this research findings, they're more punitive in their friendships. They also interpret more situations as attacks. So they attack back and they tend to attract friends who also struggle to manage feelings of distress. We don't want that for you. This is a skill, that's the good news, and it's something that we can develop. We all have our thing. We all have our different triggers and sensitivities, but let's just be mindful and figure out how we can work against that to have healthy female friendships. Okay, so here we go. As your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. I need you to reflect on one simple question as we roll into the weekend. Here's that question. In moments of distress in your friendships, how do you tend to frame that situation? How does that framing or that interpretation dictate your behavior? And how has that pattern been serving you over the course of your friendship history? It's a pretty loaded question, right? Okay. If you need support as you work through this, I got you. You can hit me on Instagram anytime at Danielle Byer Jackson, or visit us on the website betterfemalefriendships.com. Until then, you know that I'll be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.